Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome fellow Lions fans. I'm Dr. Jimmy Liao, University of Michigan Medical School grad, board certified in family medicine. On this podcast, I'm going to give you insights and perspective from a medical standpoint regarding the Lions and their injuries. Lions are pretty tight-lipped about diagnoses and what's going on with the players, so I'll give you my best guesses based on video, injury reports, and other data. Today is Tuesday. We're going to be talking about Frank Ragnow's left knee, Ali McNeil's right knee, Alex Anzalone's left thumb. Congrats to him, by the way, on the delivery of his new baby. Smart man hurting that thumb right before he has to change diapers. Gives him a handy excuse. I wish I would have thought of that. Jonah Jackson's wrist injury, CJGJ and James Houston updates. All that next. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Let's start with the mystery of Frank Ragnow's left knee. Hurt himself in the second quarter, did now return to the game. Video shows blunt trauma onto the calf muscle. Likely a significant contusion of the calf. Not a big deal unless you get what's called compartment syndrome, which is subsequent swelling of the muscle in the leg. So much swelling that it actually stops blood supply and you can actually lose your limb. Maybe not so rare because Jordan Hicks of the Vikings had this happen two weeks ago and required emergency surgery. We're about 48 hours out, so at this point the window for compartment syndrome has likely passed. Usually that shows up within the first 24 to 48 hours. He was listed with a knee and not a calf or a leg or an Achilles. So with the knee, what do we see on video? There's really not much obvious on the video. The impact to the lower leg causing the tibia to move forward possibly could sprain the ACL. In a severe case, it could even tear the ACL. He also landed on his knee, which could cause a PCL sprain. We saw this with Vitae earlier in the year. Could also cause contusion or injury to the patella area. The landing looked pretty soft, though. Also, possibilities are an MCL, but I did not see that on the video. Examination in the locker room reportedly was reassuring. Likely no ACL or PCL or patellar tendon issue on the exam. MRI on Monday showed also reassuring results. That suggests no full tear of anything. However, it doesn't rule out a sprain of one of the ligaments. 
So what could be going on here? Right now, hard to say, but I think an ACL spring is a possibility. Hopefully, we're just dealing with a contusion of the patella, contusion of the knee as it landed. If it is an ACL sprain, it's not a complete tear, nothing he needed surgery for. However, it could cause him to miss up to a few weeks as that sprain heals up. We'll know more later as this week goes along. I'm not expecting him to practice this week. If he does get an LP, that would be fantastic news. We'll see if he goes on IR by the weekend. That's going to be the big thing to watch out for. Ali McNeil hurt his right knee in the third quarter. Looked like a knee contusion. He was hit by Aiden Hutchinson on the right thigh, which if you slow-mo the video, you can see it causes his knees to knock together. You can see all these videos on my Twitter feed. I suspect a possible painful bone contusion as his knees knock together. Articular damage of the bone is possible as well. The articular surface of the bone is a cartilage that covers the bone. There's also a meniscus that helps create padding between the bones of the knee. Both of those could have gotten bruised or injured as well. The MCL is possible too, given that he was hit from the side, but it didn't really look like that on the video. He returned with a soft brace, probably to protect against further blunt trauma. He ended up leaving in the fourth quarter as he aggravated it. The return is likely dependent on swelling and pain that develops over the next few days. I expect him to take a few days to heal up. They're probably going to be icing it down, trying to control that swelling. Decent chance he's going to miss this week, but I'm not expecting anything too long-term with him. Graham Glasgow looked like he dinged up his left elbow or arm in the second quarter. He was already wearing a left elbow brace. We'll see if he shows up on the injury report on Wednesday. Next is Alex Anzalone, who missed last game with a thumb. I'm suspecting a left thumb injury. I'm suspecting a UCL sprain of the thumb. UCL stands for ulnar collateral ligament. Not to be confused with the ulnar collateral ligament of the elbow. Don't feel bad for being confused. I have no idea why two ligaments of the body have the exact same name, but... There we have it. On the video during the Packers game, medical trainer was palpating the UCL area of the thumb, which is at the base of the thumb located near the webbing. He was also doing AOK symbol, which was not meant to tell Alex Anzolini that everything was AOK. It was meant to make him do a test, a pinch of the thumb and index finger test. With a UCL sprain, you'll have weakness with that pinching test. There are three grades of a UCL sprain. Grade three is the most severe. It's a complete tear, requires surgery. Grade one and two are incomplete tears and will heal with immobilization, which may take four to six weeks. I'm suspecting a grade one or two tear of Alex Anzalone's UCL of his thumb. Jonathan Taylor of the Colts tore his UCL three days after Alex Anzalone's game. He ended up having thumb surgery this past Wednesday due to a complete tear of the ligament. He's out three to five weeks, was not put on IR. So this is a common injury in the NFL. It occurs when your thumb gets bent back and that ligament right there tears. It's also called a skier's thumb, which can happen when you're holding a ski pole. The pole gets caught and the pole pulls back on the thumb. Also called a gamekeeper's thumb. As you chronically and frequently are breaking small game necks, it's a repetitive use injury. So let's update on what happened with Anzalone over this past week. 
The big hint on the injury report last week was that he was listed as doubtful, which is fantastic news compared to being listed as out. If he had a fracture, if he had surgery, if he was scheduled to have surgery, almost certainly he would have been listed as out. The fact that he's listed as doubtful shows that this is mainly a healing issue. I think there's a decent chance he will be able to play this week against the Bears. He may show up with a thumb spica cast to protect that thumb, immobilize that thumb to allow it to heal. The same kind of cast that Kominsky wore last year with his thumb fracture. He may end up need to be immobilized for up to four to six weeks with that thumb, depending on severity of the sprain. It helps that Alex is a linebacker playing defense. He can return much faster than any kind of offensive player like, say, Jonah Jackson with his wrist or Jonathan Taylor, who's a running back who needs to be able to carry a ball. A cast is not a big detriment to a defensive player. He can still wrap up and tackle. It actually has some benefits in punching out the ball to create a fumble. So hopefully we see something like that in the Bears game. Jonah Jackson returned from his wrist injury for which he missed two games. He was wearing a right elbow brace during the game against the Saints. He was wearing that previously before he hurt his wrist. So that was not an issue. Next, let's do a CJGJ update. He tore his right pec on September the 17th. On Insta, he teased a December 20th date. Is that a return date? Is that a return to practice date? We don't know. 20th is the Wednesday before the Vikings game on December 24th. Now, there's a 21-day practice window that he could open up at any point. We're getting close to where we want to see that practice window opening up. Hopefully, he'll be back by the end of December, but every day that goes by that the practice window is not opened up makes it less and less likely. Our pass defense certainly needs some help after what we've seen in the past few weeks. Could he impact the team like Bob Sanders with the Colts a few years ago, or to a lesser extent, Louis Delmas? Remember, Louis Delmas had a huge impact on this team when he was in. He was in and out of the line because of injuries, but massive difference when he was in the game. James Houston, are we ever going to see him back this year? To recap, right ankle, high ankle sprain on September the 17th with an associated fibula fracture. No updates since his November 17th video where we saw him rehabbing, doing straight line exercises. Now, I posted on Twitter a video of him edge rushing from 2022. In slow-mo, you can see the amount of ankle flexion, strength, and torque that is necessary for him to rush from the edge. From the left defensive edge position, it requires a tremendous amount of external rotation, which was the mechanism of his injury. It's going to be tough for him to do that this year. The right defensive edge position, he uses internal rotation of the ankle, which is going to be a little bit easier for him to come back from. Either way... The ankle needs a lot of strength and flexibility, especially with a 300-pound offensive lineman pushing on him. It really depends on how his rehab goes. Hopefully, we see some videos of him over the next couple weeks of him doing some more lateral movement exercises. I would say if we get him back anytime in January, take that as a win. Even if he comes back, his effectiveness is going to be a big question mark because of how important the ankle is to his edge rush. A quick comment on the chain gang injury, which many of you have asked about. It looked like a dislocated knee on the video, and it was confirmed to be that. The main concern with a dislocated knee is a blood vessel disruption, blood vessel damage that can cause lack of blood flow to the limb, and in severe cases, amputation. 
So it's an emergency issue sent right to the ER for a vascular imaging. Apparently, the reports are that there was no vascular compromise, which is great news. A dislocated knee typically causes multi-ligament tears, so likely surgery to repair some of the ligaments there. Also, a dislocated knee can cause nerve damage. We're not sure if he has that yet, but that's another hurdle that will need to be cleared. That's it for today. Let's beat the Bears. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. 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 Let's go.